0: Uh, well, good morning. My name is Heath. I'm the lead pastor here at REACH, um, and today is going to be good. Um, I said this two weeks ago that kind of my goal going into this fall is to make us a little uncomfortable, not because that's fun to do, but because uh, if we're not kind of moved into areas of discomfort, we won't change. Uh, we won't let that change uh, or that discomfort change us. Uh, And so that's kind of my goal and purpose um, for the next little bit. We're going to talk about uh, a text today that uh, you've probably read before, you've probably heard before. It's probably not unfamiliar for you, but I've been saying this phrase that's the last verse of this section of Scripture that I'm going to do in Ephesians 2 this morning. I've been saying it over the last few weeks of this idea that God has prepared works for you to walk into them. And I was just drawn to that. That's kind of been in my brain. I've said it in services. And I wanted to spend some time talking about that one specific verse. But what's exciting about that verse is the nine verses that come before it. Um, so I'm even more excited to talk about this section because of what we're going to get before it. And I don't, I think if we didn't have what's before it... Um, we would kind of misuse uh, this idea that, you know, God's got all this stuff laid out in front of us, and we've just got to walk into it, which is the truth, but um, we'd sit back. And I think there's some good stuff today. Uh, And I did run into a deer yesterday. Um, Good times. Uh, I'm 46 years old and have lived in the South my entire life, and my first deer, pretty proud of myself. Um, I think it popped up and ran away, so it may have died in the woods, but I didn't even... Do a good enough job to put it down. Um, yep, scared me. It just ran out in front of me. I don't like hitting live things, um, but I have learned the lesson uh, for all of those that are driving or going to drive in the future. Uh, unless it's a person, just hit it. Okay. I mean, I, I know that sounds whatever, but like, you—I've seen people that have done a lot more damage to their vehicle and to themselves <laughs> trying to avoid something, I I didn't have any time to even think, Um, yeah, but uh, good times, Uh, I think it was a female deer, and I think um, she's going to be all right, (laughs) my car is going to need some work, it doesn't look bad, so if you look at it out there, uh, the bumper's a little, you know, messed up, but if you got close to it, it's kind of like a Mouliné, from afar, it's like, oh, it looks good, you get closer to it, and they're like, oh, that's, anyway, um, so God's good, we have insurance, and... (laughs) Hello, $500 deductible. <laughs> life is so expensive. Um, <clears throat> so here, here's something I want you to hear before we go into this. You are not an accident. Your life to this point has not been an accident. I think sometimes we get overwhelmed by things that have happened to us and happened around us. And, um you know, today's the anniversary of 9-11. Um, I don't know about you, but I remember that's kind of my generation's JFK. I wasn't alive for JFK, but like, I remember where I was at. I remember the day and, and we can wonder about why all these things are happening and why am I here. And the one thing that I think we need to understand is that God doesn't do anything on accident. And I believe, even if you don't believe it, that God has a kingdom purpose. And um, if you've not heard this before, uh, God didn't come here just to save our souls. God came to establish a kingdom, uh, a right kingdom. And he invites people into that kingdom so that we can enjoy his presence forever. And I believe that God has called every one of us in this room to participate in his kingdom. And I want you to hear this, too, that no matter what yesterday is whispering in your ear, I think yesterday and the regrets of yesterday and the shame from yesterday ruin our future in what God's trying to do because we cannot let go of it. Yesterday is a liar. And change is coming. The good news is that even if you don't believe that that's true, it doesn't mean that God isn't already working, that he isn't already doing something in the the beauty of what he does in us and through us is that it is never just for you. Your family, your community, um, your sphere of influence can be radically transformed by what God does in you if you allow it. Uh, and we're going to look at a, um, a section of scripture that could mess with you a little bit it messes with me. I have a, an illustration that I got that I'm going to share with you in just a little bit. It's, it's funny when you go to do something and you're not in looking for something for God to do in this thing that you're doing, but God just messes with you, which I'm going to talk about in just a second. So before we get into the word, let's pray, um, dearly father. Um, It is by your grace, um, it is by your mercy that we can know you, uh, that we can choose you, that we can follow you, Um, and I do believe that you've set things ahead of us, uh, that we could walk into them so that it would not only benefit us, but it would benefit those around us. So Lord, I pray that you would give us ears to hear uh, and hearts to receive and a willingness to trust what both of those are saying to us. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So, uh, Ephesians um, is great book. We're going to cover um, a verse in it that I think you should all have memorized, which I'm going to tell you that in just a second. But it's kind of crazy. I, this isn't going to be on the screen. I was just over there uh, before I walked up here. And I just want to read something, because... Uh, it starts kind of in verse 1, chapter 2, in just a second, what we're going to get to. And I just want to read a little bit what's before this. And Paul, Paul's saying, hey, I'm praying for you guys. Which on a side note, um, every day since last week I have prayed my prayer cards uh, and added to them. Uh, and I encourage you, whether you're just hearing this for the first time last Sunday, I kind of challenged our church for 30 days to be intentional about praying for things, whatever that is. As specific as possible. Vague prayers are hard to understand whether they were answered or not. But when we start asking for things specifically from God, we get to see what he's going to do. And I believe that he changes our heart in them. So Paul's saying, hey, I love you and I'm praying for you. Um, In verse 18 it says, um, or let me jump into, yeah, 18. I'm going to tell you all, 46 is hitting me hard. And my vision is tanking. This is bigger than this is right here. Um, Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened. This is what he's praying for them. Having the hearts of your eyes, the eyes of your heart enlightened that you may know what it is to hope to which you have been called. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand of the heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion above far above. Like we, I know sometimes it feels like, where's he at? What is he doing? Why is he, why doesn't he have a stronger hand? And it's funny, we want his strong hand when we want it, but we don't want it when we don't want it. Does that make sense? Like we want him to be strong in this area, but the moment where it's something he wants to mess with us about, I'm like, no, nah, Lord, like this, is my life, let me do. But like when something's going crazy, like 9-11, you're like, where's God at? <laughs> hmm. He was there. Still working. Great and mighty that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him in the um, right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that would be named, not only in this age, but in the one to come hours. And continuing and he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church which is the body, the fullness of him who fills all and all. That is what God is doing. It is not from a weak position that God is active and working. The only view that we have when it feels like he's weak is because we don't understand what or why he's doing it the way he's doing it. So starting in verse one, we're going to have kind of this journey where he's going to tell us kind of how messed up we are and how messed up the world is. And he's going to talk about salvation being a gift of God, which it is, which I'm going to talk about. And we're going to get into verse 10, um, which is the works that he's prepared us to walk into. So verse one, it says, and you were dead in the trespasses of your sin. Our sin separated us ...from a relationship with Jesus. you're like, well, what is sin? Uh, anything that's contrary to what God has called us to. Um, and if anyone in this room feels like they've walked purely and holy as it is to the Lord, uh, you're probably wrong. Like, I don't think many people would fight me with like, man, I don't sin. Like, I am good. Like, I've never lost my temper. I've never been frustrated. I've never, you know, done this or not. But we're, I think, pretty aware of our own sinfulness... We may not use those words, but we're aware that we're kind of messed up, that we don't do everything as we should. It says, in which you once walked, following the course of this ward, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our own flesh, carrying out the desire Of the body and the mind. And were by nature children of wrath. Like the rest of mankind. Ever wonder why things aren't going very well in our world? Ever wonder why people decide to um, hijack a plane and run it into a building? There we go. Prince and the power of the air. Look, I'm telling you we were drawn, we are going to be influenced by one of two things. By God or not. And everything that we're doing is falling into those two categories. Romans 8, verse 7, it says, For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile towards God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. We cannot walk into the things that God has called us to in our flesh, which we're going to talk about in just a second. We cannot please God in our own power. We don't have the capacity. If we had the capacity, there wouldn't have been all the things that had to happen with Jesus coming here and going to the cross. If we could fix ourselves, there would be no point for Jesus to come here. The re- Jesus came here is a clear indication that you cannot then or now or in the future fix yourself. Verse 4. It says, but God being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. We don't deserve it. We didn't and we don't deserve the mercy of God ever. And I think part of our issue with this and where I want to get into today is that we rob God from his glory by taking it from him. There's some of us in this room, me included, at times that pat ourselves on the back and go, look how good I have done. Look at me, I am not like them. We become the Pharisee that goes into church and says out loud, God, thank you for not making me like those poor pitiful sinners. We don't say that out loud, but we're living that literally. We're walking around in judgment from other people because we think that we've done it. And I think that if we can understand this scripture and live in it, it will change the way we live our life. It'll change the way we interact with people because when we realize it is not us and it is him, then we stop walking around like, if you could just be like me, man, if you would just not watch those shows and be like me and watch these shows or if you would stop listening to that radio and listen to this radio which is me instead of if you would just submit and surrender to jesus christ as your lord and savior and then live a life that is following him the south and american christianity has lied to you it has told you that if if you say a prayer and you acknowledge Jesus ongoing that he's Lord and Savior, then you're good. I don't believe that's true. And some people are like, Ooh, we get in some muddy water of theology right now. Jesus called people to be disciples. We're going to talk about this in January. Uh, I don't don't hold me to this, but I intend to preach a a sermon series called Follow the Art of Discipleship. That's what it is. We don't adopt an ideology and get salvation. We acknowledge a king and we follow him. Not perfectly. No one in this room is ever going to be like, I've done it or I'm doing it. You're going to be like every day. I think the more you get to know God, the more you realize how much you desperately need him. The religious, I think the further you get away from wanting to be like him and wanting to acknowledge how needy you are, the more you start thinking about you and what you've done. Verse 5, it says, Even when you were dead in your trespasses, made, alive, made us alive together with Christ by grace, you have been saved. Okay, let's just walk this out. What can dead people do to help themselves? Nothing. Nothing. Think about it. I mean, if you're dead on the table, you're going to get out of your body and be like, I'm coming back. No, you're dead. There's no capacity in yourself to bring life. I mean, it would be pretty awesome. And really weird. Verse 6, it says, And he raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. This is currently, you know, we're currently being raised up, but we will in the future be with him in his resurrection. Romans 6, 5, it says, For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. This isn't our home. This isn't our place. And I know it's hard. Like, I am stuck. Like, I love being in this world. And I like some of the things that's in this world. And, like, I want to grow old. And I want to see my kids get older. I want to, you know, not anytime soon, but I like I want grandkids at some point. Um, Like I want to see all those things. And it's really difficult sometimes to separate our desire for the good things that we're experiencing now. And worship them instead of going, hey, God, this is just a temporary place. The kingdom is eternal. And that's what we're after. This isn't our home. Verse 7 It says, so that in the coming ages he might show himself immeasurably, uh, the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. How does he show us this grace and kindness towards us? By working in us what we could not do in ourselves. Verse 8. This is the verse 8 and 9. You you should, if you're you're tabulating verses that you want to memorize, 8 and 9, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, you you should have this one. You should work on this one. You need to say it to yourself over and over again. Verse 8, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God, not the results of works so that no one can boast. It is not your own doing. If you know Jesus right now in Lord, as Lord and Savior, it was his work in you. You're like, oh, I did. No. And I, I know, like, I know it's, a, it's a theological deep end. And I'm not trying to even like, separate this, you know, election, not election. I don't, whatever about all that. But if you know Jesus right now, it's his work in you in you that brought you to that place and it's his work that's going to continue you in that place and it's his work that's going to bring you to completion our issue is when we start robbing him of his work meaning we stop listening to him and we start going hey what is the wisdom that I have in these two things? I think Proverbs is a great study because it acknowledges that a lot of times we aren't that wise. And if you read Ecclesiastes with us over the last couple of weeks in the one year Bible, you realize that the wisest man in the world was really dumb. He was. We do not have the wisdom inside of us to make all of the right decisions. How much does a free gift, gift cost? Zero. I struggle with this. I hate receiving things from people. It makes me feel bad. I want to give you something in return. It's, uh, I use this illustration a lot. It's like going to... Um, a birthday party, your birthday party, and, and people bring gifts, and someone brings you just an extravagant gift, not like a $20 gift card or something, but like an extravagant gift, and, and you're overwhelmed by the gift. And you run into your room, and you pull... We have this little glass jar that we save for vacations that, you know, it takes forever. It's a big glass jar that we put change in. And it's like going in there, dumping out the change in it, and running back to the person and giving them like $10 worth of coins... For this hundreds of dollars worth of gifts saying thank you and it would be idiotic like you wouldn't give somebody you wouldn't write hold on hold on let me give you some money back but we do this uh for those office fans this just came to me so it may go good or bad um but dwight and andy there was this episode where dwight does not like owing anyone anything he wants them to owe him so andy is He doesn't like receiving something, so they go back and forth and they keep giving each other gifts because they don't want to owe one or the other. We rob the heart of God when we try to pay him for what he is giving us freely. And you're like, I'm not giving him anything back. Look, that little toolbox-looking thing in the back that we ask you to give to our church, sometimes we throw things in there and we're like, yeah. Gotcha, God. Thank you. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm sewing a little bit. Maybe it's a little time. Maybe it's, um, something that you do out of the goodness of your heart, but you're really going, yeah, this is why, this is why he chose me because I'm better than all these people that don't do these things. Um, I went to my hometown for the last two days, did some painting with my dad, uh, which is super fun. Uh, I do like painting a little bit, not, you know don 't call me to paint anything, but um, I like painting because you can go paint something you know like a, a dirty you know room and you can paint it and in a short period of time it looks good, and I like that, <clears throat> so I was there and I was you know uh, did two one full day, one half day of you know some good manual labor and I got home uh, Friday night it was a long day we painted all day and um, I went for a walk, um, got back and my dad's driveway had all these weeds in it. Uh, and they looked kind of bad. And so I just thought, I'll pick a, I'll pick a few weeds. And I spent like an hour pulling weeds, um, in his driveway and I was behind my truck. So like he, I didn't tell him I was going to do that. He didn't see me out there and I had this internal struggle and I, I'm going to let you in on, on my world. Okay. So this is a little risky on my part. um, I like taking credit for things. I would say a good percentage of everything I do, I do because I want someone to go, man, he's a hard worker. Or I appreciate that you did that for me. And I was sitting out there pulling weeds and it wasn't my intention to be like, hey, dad, love me. (laughs) Look what I'm doing for you. Um, you know, my dad's 76 and, you know, getting on the ground, pulling weeds out of your driveway is, you know, not the easiest thing. And so I was out there and, um, and I had this internal wrestle because I, I I was, I was thinking to myself, like, I'll go, Hey dad, look what I did. And, you know, and it just, I felt like the Holy spirit (laughs) just kind of pulled the, the, the blanket away from these things I want to hide inside of my brain and was like, why are you doing it? I did this to my wife's um, car the other day. I, I, it was a while ago, and I think I told you all this. I, I was washing it, and I was out there angry because it was hot, and I was sweating. And I'm like, she's going to appreciate this. And I felt like the Holy Spirit said, you're washing this car for you. Because she didn't care. Like, she's not going, man, oh, this car is clean. I need this. She's like, it looked great Before. I'm cleaning it because it's a reflection of me. I have so many issues. You have no idea. I see a therapist. Um, Not joking about that. Um, And I'm sitting out there pulling weeds. And all I can think about is how is this going to be known that I did this? How can I make sure? And I mean, for those that have been around me long enough to talk about F3 and talk about 75 hard, I will look for opportunities to talk about what great things I have done. And it's funny, but (laughs) if we do this with our salvation, we rob God. Because he wants us to make sure that we understand that it was not our work, that it's his. And he wanted to do that so that it would remove your ability to boast about it. How much of our life, our spiritual life, this thing that we're doing to connect with this God the Father, are we doing so that someone else will see what we're doing? And I've talked about the U version, the Bible app, and you know, uh, you check in this box and like, oh, Pastor didn't finish devotional reading today. Um, I'm actually reading out of my – I bought a paper version so I could sit and read it instead of on there. And so some days I forget to check the boxes. I have, over the last 80 days, read every day uh, of my one-year Bible. And uh, part of that is because F3 – I mean, not F3 uh, – 75 hard, I have to read 10 pages. So it's like, why am I doing it? Still wondering. Um, but I, I want to get here. Because if you miss this point, you will ruin Christianity. And I don't really like that word. You'll, you'll ruin being a follower of Jesus. If you miss the point that it is a free gift, that it is his work in you, you'll, you'll, you'll step into the next section that I want to talk about with it being about you. And this is a work. Because some of us are not even aware that we're doing this. But we're angry when people don't acknowledge what we do and we're like why are we angry that's one thing uh my counselor guy that i meet with he's like um you know why 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 you know why is a big question that you should ask yourself a lot like when you get angry at something or when something bothers you you, you should ask yourself like why am i in this position that i feel this way like why was i sitting on the gravel with my weight bat, weight vest because i walked with this 20 pound weight vest you know looking like an idiot my sister kept walking by like what are you doing she's not pulling weeds uh, <clears throat> see see you see my heart Do you see the problems that i have and i'm sitting there pulling weeds thinking why are you continuing like why are you And i finished this whole section spent an hour pulling these weeds um and it's the ones that we have here that just fan out they look like a little clover but they're just everywhere but you got to pull the center to get the whole thing out, there's there's a, a sin message there. You can't like pull the sides. You got to pull the center. You got to pull it out. You got to get rid of it. And I was sitting there just thinking. Which at some point my dad did come outside and he did acknowledge <laughs> the good work that I was doing. But then in my soul I was like, how long am I go- Am I staying out here longer because I'm waiting for him to come out? Because I'd, by this point I was convicted enough that I couldn't go inside and be like, yeah, I just did that. Mm. But we've got to get to that point where we understand what Jesus wants to do and is doing um, isn't us. Because if it's us, we'll rob him of the glory that he deserves. And look at this in verse 10. It says, we are his workmanship. Psalms one thirty nine thirteen. it says, you were formed. You formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. This is why creation is so important. This is, this is why we believe that life begins at conception. That, that he knew us in this moment. And he has been working in us since then. He's aware of you. Creating. It talks about us being, become new creations. This is what he does for us. We, we can't do it. But the new creation isn't that he makes us into a new person in the sense that I look like this now or then and I look like this now. He changes the way we think, the way we feel and the way we act. That's what he does with us as we allow him to work in us. But if it's our work, we get our results. If it's his work, we get his results. We were created in Christ Jesus for good works. You were created to do good works. It was, I believe, I believe that selfish, self centered part of me that wanted approval and acceptance in pulling weeds was really the side of me that I believe we've all been created to do things that benefit our community and our people around us. Ephesians 1, 4, it says, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. He chose us before the foundation of the world. Philippians 2, um, 12 and 13, it says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. They'll have time to get into that, but you should check it out. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So even the works that we're walking into, it is what he did in us to begin with. It will just blow your mind. And then uh, the last section of verse 10, it says, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And this is what I've been alluding to for the last couple of weeks that. And if you're taking uh, the book study that I'm doing, uh, there's a chapter in there on sovereignty, which I I think everybody should, uh, if you follow Jesus, you you, you should read into sovereignty. You you should read into the reality that um, God is orchestrating the things that are going on and that he has purpose and intention for them. And I believe that he's laid out for us these things that we're going to do, these good works, That we're going to walk into them. It's like he's laid them out and we just have to step one step into them. And this doesn't remove your active, you know, like I'm not saying like, oh, you just sit there. Okay, if you heard me during the end of this say, sit on your couch and God's going to do great things through you. You heard me wrong. What I'm saying is God has done these things. He set up chance encounters. He's set up things that are going to happen to you. And I don't know why I hit a deer yesterday. I don't know. But I do know that God had purpose in it. I believe, and it will mess with you, When you start looking into every little thing that's happening to you, what's going on internally, what's going on with illness, what's going on with your relationships, what's going on with work, what's going on with your finances, what's going on with... Some some of these are all undoing. And some of the pain that we're experiencing is because God's saying, hey, let's get my wisdom and we can move out of some of these things. But some of them are there because He wants to show us how mighty He is. Some of them are there because He wants us to know him completely and and i fully believe that we don't know anything completely until we've suffered and I, you know i don't like suffering like i know it seems a little psychotic i do things that bring suffering on myself but that's where life happens i mean some of the most beautiful things that you can experience in a relationship uh uh, with your spouse is the struggles that you'll go through and the truth is that if some of the struggles didn't happen you wouldn't be what you are without them so here's what i want to do um i want to ask here in the room um have you experienced the gift Have you come to a place in your life that you are trusting in Jesus? And I I, I want to say this. Look, I worked at a a used car sales for like six months. I am not a hard sale sell guy when it comes to salvation. I'm just not. Because I don't want you to be emotionally moved by me to do something. I want you to be moved by God. But I do want to acknowledge that there are points in our life that we come to a place of going, I Need him. For me, it was 18. For me, it was the it was July of 94. And my life was kind of falling apart. Um, and I was finally at a place that I was ready to acknowledge Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior and follow. I'd been in church my entire life. I'd heard about the gospel. But just because you heard and know about Jesus doesn't mean that you're his. Theology or which is the knowledge of God, does you no good if it's just knowledge. If it doesn't move you into action, it's not really beneficial. In my life before 18 was I knew things about Jesus, but there was nothing in my life that was being moved by that knowledge. I wasn't changing any of the things that I was doing. And and to be completely honest, over the last 26 years, 27 years, God's been working and shaping in us. And I say this a lot. God's not done with you. There is never going to be a day on this side of eternity that you will be finished being a finished product. But it is moving from glory to glory. God working one thing in us. So if you received the gift. Here's my other thing for you. Is that if you've been a person that has been boasting about that gift that you've already gotten and you've been taking credit for what God has done in you and through you, stop. Because he'll give you that. And you'll miss the bigger things that God's trying to do in you. So here's my last two questions. I'm going to invite our worship team to come up. Is where do you need to start trusting God to work? Our part is to acknowledge that He is working, and our part is to surrender to what he 's trying to do. So where do you not need to start trusting that God is working? And some of that's acknowledging that this is chaos, that things are going on that are out of my control, but I'm trusting that Jesus is working in me. And my last thing is, where do you need to start walking? When we're walking in one direction, it means that we're choosing one thing over another. If I'm heading north and I I choose to not go south, right? If I'm heading east, I choose not to go uh, west. Where do you need to choose to start walking? That's what he's talking about here. Our our faith is a journey and, and we have to be in the journey. We have to be moving. Uh, what I recommend as we close today is we're going to have a song right now. And uh, if you're new to Reach, uh, we close the song every Sunday, not because we want to keep you here for a few more minutes. Um, but that you have a few minutes to kind of ponder on what God may be say, saying or sharing with you today that you need to respond in. God's constantly working in me. And I believe uh, the transformation of our community is going is to happen because you decide that you want God to move in you. But it, it takes you acknowledging that it's His work and trusting His work in you. So where do you need to start heading? So that's two questions that as we go into worship that I just ask. Just ponder. I, I, I like this word. Um, and from the south, it sounds a little different. But wrestle, wrestle, wrestle. Uh, best way for us to encounter God is to wrestle with Him. Jacob had an encounter with God. Wrestled with Him. Um, grab on. Say, God, I I, I want to know You. Um, I, I'm missing something, and I, I need You. Invite Him into that mess. Let's pray. Uh, dearly Father, um, we are an unusual group of people. Uh, Lord, you have purpose and intention for us to know you. Before the foundation of the world, um, you began pursuing us. Lord, you you took steps to physically come to this planet to remedy an issue that we people created separation that came out of our disobedience and out of our sin lord you remedy that through your death on the cross and our trusting in that finished work is what moves us into a relationship Lord, I pray that you would move us out of just an understanding of who you are and who you say you are into a trust that moves us into action. Lord, I pray that your life in us would be seen in our families, in our households, in our cities. Lord, would you allow us to surrender to you and allow you to do the work in us so that we can participate in what you want to do here. So, Lord, I I just pray for me that you would forgive me for my constant desire to be the one that's doing the thing, doing the thing to be seen and appreciated and witnessed by other and Lord, I, I pray that you would just help me bring myself to a place of letting that go. Lord, you loved us so much that you sacrificed your only son for us. Lord, I pray that we would trust in that finished work. And Lord, I pray that we would stop boasting for what only you could have done and are doing in our lives so that you would get the glory. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, be sure to visit us online at reachcommunitychurch.com.